You're listening to Dialogues on 3CR Community Radio. Every Wednesday night at midnight. Good evening. Welcome to Dialogues on 3CR Community Radio. I'm Meg Kimber. I'm Joe Raleigh. And we are here in the studio with Gemma Van Lonen. And hi. hi, Gemma. Thanks for joining us. And we're joined also on the phone by uh, Bianca Elmia. She's um, coming through to us from the Central Coast of New South Wales. So, Hello. thanks, Bianca. Thank you to you both for joining us. Um, Bianca is the subject of the documentary Bam Bam which um, Joe and I had the privilege of uh, watching today and it's directed by Gemma and um, so it's been showing at some film festivals and it's getting some really good um, responses from that. So Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, Switzerland International Film Festival and uh, Lebanese Film Festival Australia and also getting the award for excellence at the Scandinavian International Film Festival and a merit award at Docs Without Borders and Best Feature Documentary at Lady Filmmakers Festival in LA. So, wow. Yeah. Sounds impressive when you say that. Oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long list so far. Um, is that a surprise to you, Bianca? Did you, you weren't aware of all of those accolades? Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I have always had faith in Gemma. Um, it's just really lovely to actually have it publicly recognised in um in the industry so i mean Mm. yeah like it's still shocking i mean it's still shocking watching myself on screen so the whole process has been you know a really uh a huge challenge for me but it's been a real area of growth and i'm so grateful for the whole experience yeah well let's start with that what what's it been like as an experience for you because obviously having someone trailing you and um filming you is one thing but then like you say seeing yourself up on screen is also pretty intimidating I imagine yeah also because I am such a raw person like I you know if you you know once you get to meet me like I, I very much you know wear everything on my sleeve so I I was very much like that with Gemma as well um so you know it's the good bad and the ugly all exposed on camera um and you can't edit it you know I can't put a little social media filter on what is being um presented on film so it's been really cathartic, actually, because um, I've just been my authentic self. And, you know, I don't really have the room to try and manoeuvre that space. So mm. I just have to accept myself for exactly who I am. I can imagine that in- involves a lot of trust between, between both of you, the mm. filmmaker and the person who's being filmed. Um, and, yeah. you know, having faith that you will be portrayed in, in a... Uh, an authentic way were there any kind of conversations yeah. that happened between the two of you about about what could be shown or anything that was out of bounds or were there any concerns yeah that you had? yeah also because i'm from a muslim background um i needed to be mindful of what was being presented because um i'm very un-muslim in a lot of areas so i just didn't want it to come out where my family would be potentially offended or felt ashamed and so, you know, if I'd had a really big night and Gemma had brought the camera along, I'd be, you know, I'd be like, can you make sure to edit that out? Or, <laughs> um, or like, if, you know, in reference to my relationship with men was like a point of contention at one stage um, because there was, yeah, like right at the last editing um, part of the film, 
I was just being very frank on camera about my relationship with men, and that's a real taboo topic for um, my family. Like, so I like that. That was probably the only area. And then also, I have a very complicated relationship with my mum, Diana. So I just didn't want to. Um, yeah, I was probably you know, complaining quite a lot about about her on camera. I mean, I know I was. And, you know, that's a really raw area that could be, you know, quite complicated when you present that on film. And so Gemma did it just, she did it so well. She was very careful in the way that she presented all of those areas and she was very respectful. So, mm. you know, which would have been really hard on her, which is why I just have so much respect for her because she did a really complicated, hard job on that. She did it really well. So how is that for you, Gemma? That process? Yeah. Um, I th- I mean, I sometimes I wonder if I'm not a very good documentary filmmaker because of the fact that I am too careful about respecting people. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad quality to have, though. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't feel guilty yeah. about that. <laughs> Some of me has wondered whether if it was more salacious, people might have wanted to snap it up and buy it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I was definitely conscious the whole way through of wanting to... Res- like, these are real human beings and they have real relationships and um, I wanted to represent them well like be honest about it yes there's conflicts and stuff like that but not um i guess be salacious or or Mm. something like that um so yeah that was definitely a thing for me at the back of my head the whole time of how how is bianca going to see this how's her family going to see this Mm. are they going to be offended by this um but also I would need to tell a story and people have to want to watch it, mm. otherwise there's no point in doing it. And mm. <laughs> all of those things went round and round and round and round a million times. Mm. Um, and actually, in a way, it was nice because I kind of almost, like Bianca was, and her family weren't involved in the edit process at all. It was just me and the editor sitting down going through everything and getting a rough cut and then a more fine cut. And it wasn't until kind of really close to the end that I showed her the film and only Bianca. I didn't, I didn't want other mm. voices getting in there. Um, and, that yeah, that was where we had that kind of conversation about how her relationships with guys and how that was represented. And I the, the issue that she had, I felt I was still, like, by taking that particular clip out I felt like I wasn't actually losing the essence of what it was about it just wasn't so salacious I guess mm. <laughs> yeah yeah um <clears throat> but I, I'm also just inter- interested to know about that filmmaking process in general so outside of sort of specific personal details about people who are like appearing in the documentary um in terms of coming up with uh, a narrative and a story, mm. I mean, obviously you're following Bianca's journey in her boxing career, so there's a natural story there, but you're choosing specific beats within that story. Did you have a kind yeah. of idea about the story that you wanted to tell before you made the documentary, or was it kind of being made as you were going? Um, maybe I had a subconscious idea. I don't know. It was, uh, I wanted to tell a story that was different. And I think back when we started down this journey, it was kind of like almost five years ago or something. Mm. Is that right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And 
certainly in the media then there was very little unconventional stuff about Muslim people and different dimensions within that faith. Mm. Um, so I wanted, I guess, to draw that out and that interests me in terms of faith and that you're not necessarily a cookie cutter mm. person according to what the world might think that religion is and that people bring their own personal interpretations to that. Um, and also just this idea of um, overcoming, like pers the perseverance to overcome and pursue a goal. Mm. That was interesting to me. Mm. But I think in the end it became actually much more about how you resolve your identity and who you are without kind of the labels and stuff like that. Mm. Which is interesting because the, um, the tagline to the film is boxer, yeah, nice. womanism, right? <laughs> some, some good labels yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and it was interesting watching the film, Bianca, um, and to both of you, I guess, and the way that it's crafted and shaped and it's very personal and it seems like it's really um Bianca's like uh f breaking expectations in all of those areas like as a mm. boxer you don't uh, you know women aren't always accepted as boxers and then yeah. uh, as a Muslim being a boxer is uh, unconventional and you, you see Bianca's family respond to that and then um yeah those, all those kind of areas is really like breaking out of those labels yeah, was that yeah. a, was that a an aim for both of you? You go, Gemma. Oh, I was about to go. You go. <laughs> you go. <laughs> I've talked a lot. <laughs> um, it was... Yes, I think it was. That's my short answer. Oh, How about it? Bianca? Yeah. <laughs> Over to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, there are so many different intersections of my life that are out of the norm. And I've had to manage that my whole life. So it, I wasn't intentionally trying to break molds, but mm. just generally by who I am, I'm, I'm fully aware that I go against a lot of um, social norms. And so I've just embraced it and I just happen to have used boxing as a vehicle to embrace that. Mm. But I would have used anything else, you know, like that's just the person who um, that I am, I... I'm very passionate about allowing my own self-expression in any way that I choose it to be. And I hate society, religion, or any other kind of cultural norm to define what that is. And I've just been really stubborn about that my whole life. Mm. And, you know, it's something I struggle with. Mm. Not, you know, I find myself on the per peripheral quite a lot, having to push against those norms. But I'm... Kind of, I'm used to sitting in the in the grey. I'm okay with being in the grey. Yeah, you can tell from the film, and it's quite—it's a real liberating kind of aspect of it. And but one of the things I was quite surprised about was how conservative the Australian boxing industry came across in the film. Yeah, they're yeah. almost more conservative than my Muslim family. Yeah, that's right. They and they had a real—they looked like they had a really clear agenda. I mean, it looked that way. They had issues. Yeah. <laughs> And that's where you find, like, you know, you've got these, like, tra traditional, often white, older men controlling. Yeah, totally. A, you know, and being very selective in how they govern the sport. So, you know, it's 
still dealing with similar concepts of patriarchy. Mm. And so it's very familiar to me. And mm. that's fine. I'll, I'll fight that as well. And is that one of the major obstacles in your career, would you say? Com- coming across those sort of quite conservative institutions? Definitely. Like, I am constantly, through turning professional now, I'm still being told that as a woman I won't sell, you know, or just by the byproduct of me being a woman means that I really need to push, like, a different agenda if it's sexual or I'm objectifying mm. myself. You know, if that's going to get bums on seats, then that's the price that I should be willing to pay. Mm. But I haven't sexualized myself in that space at all, and I rely heavily on my talent. But it gets it goes against the thinking of quite a lot of boxing promoters who are like chauvinists. They mm. are. Mm. It's a real male world, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. A, and it's really like me coming in as an outsider from boxing found that really obvious how how male it is mm. <laughs> like that real kind of yobbo <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's just <laughs> I don't know how to <clears throat> explain it but... just classic hyper typical masculine yeah real like alpha everyone's an alpha male and I'm going to be better mm. than you and and yeah. So was, what was that experience like for you coming in and then are you guys hanging out at boxing competitions and like um, getting involved in all this kind of, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you guys have some stories. <laughs> I think that they had a definite agenda against Bianca yeah. and they attached that to me as well. Like, yeah, right. In and terms of where you could film and what you could Oh, film. totally. Right. Totally wanted to control that, wanted to stop us from mm. filming at the, like, at the last minute going, oh, sorry, you can't, even though they'd said that we could, and then us having to have these huge like negotiations with them on the spot, trying to get access, and yeah, it was a bit ridiculous, <laughs> actually. <laughs> do, you, do you think because they're perceiving it as some kind of threat, just I guess slightly so. different and I guess unknown? Yeah, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and also they just see me as like too much of a, you know, I'm too much out of the box. So yeah. I'm not your typical poster child, you know, boxing glamour girl or girl that, you know, girl next door. Um, I'm like, I, I push boundaries. I do I do unusual stuff and I like, I'm, I'm always in the media. Like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just, they see it too much of... Um, I'm I'm just, I'm not conforming enough, and they need people who conform in that sport. That's how that's what they do. Yeah. It's straight laced, and it's like other. It's just like any other sport. It's it's a commodity. They just want someone that's like you can market, make sure they don't say the wrong things, and yeah, and do what they're told. Yeah, so someone they? who fits into the structures that already exist that they can understand and have some control over. I guess. Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, technically, I don't know much about boxing, but I watched the film and I was really engaged in the um, competition elements of it. And I felt like I was watching you, Bianca, just like not getting hit and just getting like landing a lot of hits on the other people that you were fighting. <laughs> and then yeah. there are some upsets in this, in what happens. I won't like ruin the trajectory of the film, but in terms yeah. of like results. Yeah. 
Um, mm. How did it feel to kind of like, I mean, I guess typically we think of boxing films or sports films and we think of Triumph and we think of like, you know, that kind yeah. of Rocky montage or whatever. Like Rocky did lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've yeah. never seen Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> That's the irony of that one. He actually lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. Um, but there, like you say, there are some raw moments in terms of the um, the you, your honesty about sports and how it feels. And um, how did it feel, kind mm. of watching the film when you saw it? Then I just it's funny, you know, when you're like dealing with disappointment and stuff, you can really you bench it, you know, like you try and not rehash those feelings, and you don't even remember how hard it is when you, you do lose something that's important to you. Mm. Um, but watching it in front of me again, I just realised how powerfully I felt and how how deeply I feel. You know, and I'm I am quite an emotional person, which means I experience all areas of life, ups and downs. And so because I had invested so much of my heart into this particular thing called boxing, mm. I um you know, when you do, when you don't reach those expectations and often, you know, when it isn't even in your control, it's in some, like, judge's control that often isn't even making the right decision. So mm. it's all subjective. Mm. Um, I didn't even remember how hard I felt those losses. And so it was... I felt, like, a lot of compassion for myself because uh, I I just gave myself such a hard time. Like, I shouldn't do that. And I always tell my people around me, you know, people I care for deeply, like, don't even put yourself down or don't don't ever speak poorly about yourself. And yet, watching myself back on screen, I really didn't have a lot of compassion for myself. I kind of really was quite hard on myself. Mm. Mm. Um, you, you mentioned that you're moving into professional boxing, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've already moved. I've had two pro fights with two technical knockouts. So far. Congrats. Nice. Yeah. And I'm interested one I to me like the heart of the documentary is um your relationship with your coach Gary. I yeah, just, Gary. Yeah. I just found it to be like yeah. such a a heartwarming and sort of like nourishing looking um relationship that and something that maybe Maybe it's just me, but I haven't seen on screen very much a kind of mentorship yeah. thing that, yeah. you know, is really healthy and, and, and really beneficial to both people. Um, yeah. I was wondering if both of you could sort of talk on that and the, um, your personal experience with it, Bianca, and also Gemma as a filmmaker, like focusing in on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go, Gemma. <clears throat> no, you have to start. He's your coach. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay, all right. I got you. So I've never had a dad and neither have I had a male significantly important man in my life who was older and who can guide me. And so having a coach that played such a heavy role in my life and it was beyond sport, it was life lessons he was giving me about you know, how, how to hold yourself in public, you know, what it is to have a passion, what it is to fight for what you believe in. You know, he's also got a lot of social consciousness and does a lot of community advocacy stuff and has always really been supportive of me doing that and, and pushing my own boundaries and 
helping women in the sport and like I, I held my own women's boxing class for four years where I just I created that on my own like he supported me doing that and I became a coach because of him and so he his role in my life will forever be remembered even even though he's not my coach now because I've moved away mm. I mean I can only sing Gary praises because he's been one of the most stable people in my life that I've just I'm so grateful to have and he's He's helped me in so many ways. I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> um, um, did you choo- did you see that as a, a a center of piece of the film yourself, or is that something I'm picking up as a watcher? Um, I no, it probably was. I think it. I mean, in some ways, it because of the way that amateur boxing works, you don't always have your coach as your corner. Mm. Um, so I was aware that for an audience, though, it was important for them to be able to hang on to one kind of coach. Mm -hmm. So I tried to maintain that throughout, though, obviously there was one point where that wasn't the case, Mm -hmm. but there were a lot of others as well, but we cut them out. Um, but also I think, I mean, I, I totally agree with what Bianca says, that Gary is completely a father figure to her, which is why I even asked that question to them. Um, yeah, and <laughs> kind of, I mean, I, that was evident to me from the beginning when I first met or saw the two of them together. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think I, it's very obvious that he play, has played a very significant role for her. And I think equally that she's played a significant role for him. Um, mm. I mean, he doesn't have any children of his own. Mm. Um, so, think that Bianca's probably filled a bit of that space for him as well. Mm. Um, mm. He might not admit he it. would never admit to that. No. <laughs> so, see? We both got to say that together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't let Gary listen to this. <laughs> Talking, uh, Bianca, about your relationship with your coach, Gary, um, I just wanted to pick up on that and, and ask about how I can imagine how sort of wonderful and important that relationship is between you and your coach especially in the world of boxing because you you talk in the documentary about how it can be so lonely at times especially when you don't get the results that you want Mm. and obviously how how horrible that feeling is and yet going into boxing you're actually exposing yourself to situations where you're going to be feeling lonely probably far more than most other people so, yeah. you know, it's, it's a kind of interesting situation to put yourself into. And, and uh, I, yeah, I, I can see the value of, of having somebody there who, who really understands what you're going through. Um, yeah, I don't think that people could do it without it. I mean, I don't know people that can because it is very much a lone wolf sport. Mm. So you need to be independently minded and you need to be able to operate on your own. But the other side to that is that it's very isolating and everything you do is on your own. I mean, you may be, you know, training with a team, but you're in the ring on your own. You're, you know, experiencing the ups and downs on your own. You can't pass the ball to anyone when things get tough. So you need connection with something or someone outside of that. And for me in particular, I, you know, having connection with something outside of the sport is really important to me. Yeah. Because I find it really difficult just to be sing- single-focused. It's like a real challenge of mine. 
Right. But, and, and again, boxing requires that single focus when you're actually, when you're doing the boxing, when you're doing the training and not doing anything else. It, I imagine it requires yeah. incredible focus. Um, I wonder, yeah, it I wonder does. If that, and that... you have to live quite an isolated lifestyle, which often I'm not prepared to do because human connection is really important to me and I'm not, I don't, I don't know if I'm able to sacrifice that as much as others. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting what kind of um, pressure is put on athletes in all realms of, of sort of like um, all kinds of sports to just be so single focused that everything falls away and people, I don't know if there's mm. enough of a conversation about mental health that like effects of that yeah. on people's mental health. Yeah, yeah. there isn't. And, uh, you know, we, we glorify um, sports so much that often it's at the behest of so many other things that are incredibly, incredibly important as a human being and someone's growth, and yet we almost glorify it when people sacrifice those really important things in their lives, and nothing is worth that. And I think that that probably comes through the movie as well, that I recognise the importance of investing in myself and having self-compassion and connecting with the people around me and and nothing is worth a win. I mean, I give presentations at schools and I say that mm. through my journey, it's through human connection that I've really found myself whilst my medals and trophies gather dust. You know, that's what happens. Mm. It's, they're the memories that you keep and they're the things that make you grow. Yeah. Um, speaking of you uh, working, like going to schools and things like that, um, uh, you're quite engaged with the community in your work aren't you and uh, there was some shots in the film of you doing some boxing workshops and things like that can you tell us how you got involved in that yeah I got into that probably when the gym opened and I um, lobbied the owners that I could train some girls Mm -hmm. and then and then it ended up becoming really successful and I had a really solid female boxing crew that I trained twice a week and we made really big connections there and they, some of the girls had fights and then I created a boxing clinic with a friend of mine in Melbourne that we've been running for over five years and there have been really big boxing clinics, you know, up to 30 women that come from all parts of Australia to get the opportunity to learn from each other and, you know, be in a safe space where novices can learn because mm. that's, there's a gap there for women. Um, and only recently I went to Papua New Guinea and we did the same thing where I worked with the Australian High Commission and worked with um, with women of disadvantage in PNG. And, um, you know, ultimately that's what where I want my energy to go is to be combining both my community work and boxing together. That would be like, that would be perfect. Which that is what I'm awesome. aiming towards. What's your, been your experience in, um, in terms of people's stories of the young women that you have been working with in those areas? Um, oh, well, I mean, like with PNG, it's, it's mostly access. So they don't have access to even just boxing equipment or coaching. Mm. So, you know, the insur- you know, their motivation is there, but without resources to back it up, it goes nowhere. So the girls are really keen to learn from us. And, you know, two, two full days of just boxing um, with, fight, with fights at the end, like mock fights. And, um, and they're, so, they're so inspiring, these girls. Like to have that motivation and to be in such a disadvantaged space. Yeah, that's awesome. That is amazing. Mm. Yeah, 
and and I yeah I imagine just just great to be able to share the things that you've learned with younger people as well. Um, yeah, well, that's it. Like that's that comes from Gary, and when you when you see you saw the film there, like Gary's main aim is to inspire others to fulfill their goals, mm. and that's been my mentor. And so I have never been able to look at boxing outside of that perspective. Yeah. But he solidified that view in my mind from the very beginning is that boxing is used as a tool to enhance people's quality of life, whatever it is that their goal is, small or big. So I can't box for selfish reasons as in my own self-fulfillment. I can only box and share that with others. Otherwise, it's not worth it for me. Mm. So in terms of um, having that kind of commitment and determination, was there anything that you as a filmmaker, Gemma, um, was inspired by or took from it? Because it must be a big endeavour to set about making a documentary and see that all the way through over, was it five years that you were filming together? Or um, I think it was actually four in the yeah. end, like, like from beginning to end. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, uh, ironically, I think there's a lot of similarities between indie filmmaking and boxing <laughs> um, <laughs> takes takes a lot of effort a lot of grit a lot of pushing shit uphill am I allowed to swear on this I don't know <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a lonely road and there's no there's no no one helps you with it if you don't make it happen it doesn't happen mm. and yeah trying to navigate that field is difficult um, and again, in Australia, like the same with boxing. In Australia, boxing is not a th big thing and it's really hard to get opportunities and all of that. And it's the same in the film industry in Australia. It's so small, there's not many opportunities, there's not much money in it. Um, so it's either do it yourself or mm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what the yeah. other option is. No, nobody's going to give it to you. It's 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 just up to you to, yeah. to motivate yeah, yeah. And, and to actually achieve it. Yeah. So, like they, they do seem very comparable. The, yeah, the, the, totally. the journey in boxing to achieve what you want and achieving making a, a film, which is just a huge endeavour. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, that in terms of similarities, is that as an industry, there's been you know the focus on and gatekeepers who are older white men. Yeah, as well. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys who, who, yeah. who are the people that own the broadcasting yeah. places? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, they're all old white men who have, sorry to say, no idea. <laughs> so they just want to play it safe. Yeah. They don't want to risk anything. And so as you're an independent documentary maker, what's it been like in terms of distribution for you for this film? Um, I mean, it's something we're still pursuing and it's, there's not a lot of options in Australia mm. um, and I guess like at the moment we've been doing film festival run which we're still applying for other festivals and um, we've done some like what they call cinema on demand screenings through Fanforce which we can still like people can still request to do them mm. Um, mm. and yeah so that's more of a self-distribution model that they enable you to get access to mainstream cinemas um, and if you sell enough tickets in advance then it definitely goes ahead the screening um, but again that's all your own work like you've got to do your own marketing your own pushing 
people start to hate you after a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. well, what would you say your main obstacles, your main kind of challenges have been through that process? Because you, I suppose, it, it, am I right in thinking that the hard part is probably out of the way now, now that you've finished it and, and you're, you're sort of it's mainly getting, getting the out there, I guess. But um, Well, yeah. it's different. They're different. I guess yeah. different things that you need to do, different skill set. In some way, I mean, I'm not an extrovert. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a marketing person, so I find that stuff difficult uh-huh. in terms of sales. I'd much prefer to go make something and someone else deal with that bit. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I don't have the money to pay someone to deal with that, and not many people want to do it voluntarily. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, you end up doing it yourself yeah. maybe the biggest obstacle is myself I don't know <laughs> for, for the whole That's process for, or yeah. <laughs> like, for the whole process or just for this this part in some look you go through a lot of self-doubt and a lot of like what what am I doing why am I doing this and is it worth it and um, will anyone even watch it mm. will anyone care there's all that stuff that mm. goes on in your head all the time and um Yeah, I think that's a big obstacle, dealing with yourself and your own self-esteem and whether you think you're actually any good at it and what's the point. And and what are the things that that drive you forwards that keep you going if you have the little moments of doubt? Just a freak. (laughs) 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 Um, I I will often go back to the point of why I started it in the beginning, what interested me, what... So I think you have to be really passionate about an idea mm. to do it. I remember partway through this, there was some a friend of Bianca's who knew someone that he was like, oh, he could be a really good doco subject. And yeah, it was an interesting idea and he had an interesting life. But for me, I didn't get that spark from it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need the spark to go back to in the times that I hate what I'm doing. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and what, what was it for this one? Um... I don't even know that I can put it into words. There's something about that um, fervor or um, the – I can only think of a swear word right now. Um, (laughs) The the up yours kind of attitude that Bianca has that really interested me and that I'm going to do what I'm going to do no matter what. I guess I connected with that. Maybe in terms of my own personal journey as well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a theme, and you say in the film Bianca about just not wanting, just not liking authority. Oh yeah, I've struggled with that my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something that you connected with, or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like I, I play down the line a bit more than Bianca does. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have that inner rebel in me that would like to sometimes speak out a hell of a lot more than she does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think an- another similarity is um, going back to what you were saying before, Bianca, is uh, for yes. both of you is being interested in pursuing a thing, but then it also wanting to share that thing with other people and it being more meaningful mm. because mm. you do share it which is obviously a central part of filmmaking you know, yeah. it, it is being made you need to, to an be audience. yeah um but i think that's you know to actually be able to share somebody else's story with other people i imagine is is a really hopefully pleasurable thing to do yeah, yeah. definitely i think that's definitely part of it and 
wanting to engage people in something that's, I guess, purposeful or that connects for them or that, um, yeah, speaks to their story around mm, what's going on. One of the things you said earlier when we were, uh, at the start of the conversation was that you were interested in um, the fact that Bianca's Muslim and from a Muslim family. Um, I know, Bianca, that you've been on other... Um, uh, media, um, like on SBS, that uh, you were on a show, right? Yeah, yeah, Muslims Like Us. Muslims Like Us. And so I'm just wondering when you sort of like first connected with Gemma, what was your, you know, did what was your feeling about how that kind of um, aspect of your life of being Muslim would be portrayed and considering that in, in relation to the ways that it's portrayed in the media generally and, and how what your personal experience has been of that? Yeah, well, I just knew that um, Gemma came from a really good place and that her intentions was... From the very beginning. (laughs) Yeah, you were right. (laughs) She knew. (laughs) Yeah, I just knew, I just, you know, I'm very um, intuitive, I think. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it works out for me. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I just, oh, she just, she, she laid out her intentions on the table and I went with it. And um, I just think it was a. Re- I just knew it was going to be a positive experience that we were creating something positive. So whenever I feel like that, I'll put everything into. It. I'll, I'll put my heart into it if I think it's positive. And in the film, uh, it there's a there's a part that talks about your own spirituality and how that goes into being a boxer and being a, an athlete at that level. Um, yeah. What. How did you feel about how that was portrayed in the in the documentary? Um, I think yeah, I think Gemma did that well because it does play a role in my life. Yeah. It's not the most dominant role, but it plays a huge role in my life. And um, I think she was able to present that really well. I um, I couldn't have done it better. I don't think. Yeah, because the documentary just touches on like a few things, like the mentorship and then that aspect of spirituality and religion in terms of as a motivating and positive force mm. is, mm. again, like both things that I don't feel like I see enough of. Yeah, Yeah. well, for me, it's been the foundation of my resilience is recognising that, for me anyway, everything happens for a reason and um, everything connects with each other and I truly believe that all events in life are to better you and that's a mindset mm. and I'm always really grateful for what God can bring to me in all experiences good and bad and that I I, I really lean on God for inspiration in a lot of the stuff that I do even if I'm not very public about that you know I don't attend a mosque or speak to a spiritual advisor but it's something that is really personal for me and I'm always connecting with that internally and it's it's my inner voice and it's, it's been really strong for me and it's got me where I am. Mm. Has, has that always been the case for you? Yeah, it's yeah. always been the case. Mm. I didn't really have it before I was maybe 12 or something, but then I went overseas and, oh, no, I've always had it. I've always had it. It's, um, it's always been an inner voice of reason, is understanding faith and recognising that life isn't, just a random event that there are things in place and the way that the world is today is something bigger than just having all these microbes walking around existing on earth so 
spirituality and the way that I understand the world has been cemented in me from a very young age. Mm. And has that um, played into your community work and activism as well? Yeah. I mean, my mum's been a really big role model of what it is to care for your community. Mm. And so, you know, very much in my faith, Islam says that you need to always care for the people around you, which is why for one month of every every year, you know, you fast for a month and that's to recognise disadvantage and people who don't have the opportunity to eat and drink. And it's, you know, one of the pillars is to give zakat, which is a, a form of, um, or, uh, what do you call it in English? I can't remember what it's called. But basically you're giving to charity. So mm. you have to give a certain percent of all of your wealth. You mean like and arms or something or like yeah, tithing? Arms, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So you give that and that's a part of the faith. And, you know, all the stories of the Prophet was always advocating for the most disadvantaged. And so it's very much part of Islam. So I just felt like, I, I mean, it's just been what I've known. That's all I've ever really known is to do that. Mm. And when you started, Gemma, was it um, you, you, you came to it with these kind of ideas about what it would be like and then you have all of this... Um, footage I, I would imagine and <laughs> I mean condensing that down into one film must have just been so painful <laughs> and just difficult yes mm. um it w- I mean it was a huge process it took us a long time and there was a lot of deliberating and culling and trying to slowly funnel it down I, I mean I think I always knew what the main points were that I wanted to hit mm. Um, but then it became about, you know, you get to those points where you're like, should we use this quote or that mm. quote and which is better and how does it flow and some very painful decisions, things that we had to cut out that, you know, sometimes I go, oh, maybe shouldn't have cut that out. I really like that moment, that mm. kind of stuff. But, you know, you'll ne- they say you never finish a film, you'll never perfect a film. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is now and, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the editing process. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Yeah. So how how long did that take, that, like, the editing? Um, Probably it was about six months, I reckon. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is um, an extended period of time. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine going slightly insane, just sort of watching the same clip again and again. Well, and yeah, saying, and that's the other thing. You go from making short films, which are a certain you know, 10, 15 minutes or something, but now you're making full feature-length films and it's you realise, actually, I've got to watch that yeah. over and yeah. over <laughs> and over. Yeah. yeah, and you can't And watch that it. takes a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. You can't speed watch it or watch it no. in 1.5 yeah. times. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, and I imagine just extending from the short form to the, the feature-length uh, f- form of film you're having to keep people's attention for a much longer period of time so I guess the the flow has to be slightly different um, yeah. the rhythms and the, the kind of tempo that's something to be very conscious of um, so yeah I mean I can just imagine that's a very difficult process and like a new challenge for, for you to have done that for the first time yeah definitely mm. um, and I think we went through a lot of there was a, a definitely a, a point where I was really struggling with what is the structure and it wasn't working and I couldn't work out what the, the through point was mm. um, and put it out to a few people trying to get feedback and that kind of thing, um, which ended up being invaluable for me to mm. get some objective mm. eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's 
it's a difficult process. I mean, every mm. filmmaker will say that. that yeah. That's do, have you had a? Do you have a kind of coach in 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 like an, an analogous <laughs> oh, way? Um, <laughs> or like, or, or at least people whose opinions, yeah. Oh, I, I definitely have people that whose opinions I respect, and I think that they are knowledgeable knowledgeable about certain things or good at giving their opinion or feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd definitely be strategic in who I asked, but you don't. I don't anyway have a mentor. I wouldn't mm. mind one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that, putting the call out. I, I actually feel like it's part of the Australian industry is really difficult. Like I yeah. feel like Screen Australia would say to you, "Oh, you need to have someone who's got decent credits so that they can mentor you, and then we'll consider giving you money and all this mm. kind of stuff." But and you start trying to make those connections or meet with those people or see if they're interested in what you're doing, but they've got all their own stuff that they're doing and they don't have the time to do it, and mm. they're just like, "Sorry, I'm too busy," and it becomes really difficult mm. in that way. I kept finding everything would be a blockage, and therefore. Mm. It, comes back to that thing well i'll just do it myself then yeah yeah Yeah. otherwise nothing will happen yeah yeah totally totally. yeah that's the kind of spirit of the documentary is that kind of determination yes like keep going keep going keep going completely facing obstacles just keep going going. (laughs) i kind of have this thing that i think every film i make in some way actually is the theme of the film is reflected in the making of the film. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that definitely happened with this. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'll probably have to wind up in a minute. I'm not sure. I can't see the um, timer on the recording. But um, I wanted to ask you, Bianca, about your next steps in your career. So I'm very invested now. And um, one of the things is that we know that female athletes don't um, tend to make a, a wage the same anywhere near, usually. All. Yeah, um, what... Uh, male professionals do um so in the sporting industry um you're going professional what's what does that look like for you and what's your next sort of steps so i just need a promotion company to sign me so that they will invest in my career at the moment i'm taking fights where i can and often it's going to cost a bit of money because no one nationally will fight me i've just i've put the call out um a few times now and so in the professional world People she scared them all off. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It's the only she, seriously, she good. has. She scared them off. Yeah, it's true. Like you're, This is the only sport where you're at a disadvantage if you're good. <gasps> wow. It's the only sport. So, so what about internationally? Or is that not a Yeah, so I, I need a promotion company to sign me so that they will invest financially in me because it it's more it's a financial game now. So everything's mm-hmm. about money in the professionals how much tickets you sell, mm. what your return is, if you're going to be getting title fights. But because the talent pool is weaker for women than it is for men, I can climb that ladder a lot faster. And so having actual title fights on cards will be at the promoter's advantage. So, you mm. know, any smart guy could see that, but you're just dealing with a lot of dumb guys. So <laughs> I just had to like, <laughs> hustle my weight. I've just been hustling. So I think I might be at the... Um, I might be at a stage now where I have found a promoter that is going to actually do that. Um, so next year, the aim is to win a national, regional, and set myself up for a world title. Wow. So nice. just a couple of simple goals there. Yeah, just some, <laughs> some little things to work on. <laughs> yeah. A few side projects. 
Yes, on Saturday. <laughs> and how, what does that look like in terms of your um, schedules and like um, making a living from your career in, in, in boxing? Well, I'm really lucky to have a very flexible job. So um, it's a male mentoring program that I work in at the moment. Mm. So I'm just talking to guys all across the Central Coast. We go into schools and outside of schools as well. And um, and I've been really supportive of um, of what I'm doing. So hopefully that will have to continue on next year and they will support me with my travels. And I spoke to the boss yesterday, actually. She's, she's supportive of me being a boxing champion. So That's she wants awesome. you know, to help with the program. <laughs> so um, hopefully I can just do that. But I'm not looking to make a lot of money, although... My friend did tell me, you know, recently, like, I do undersell myself a little bit and I need to, like, kind of probably need to stand up a bit more and know my worth in the sport. I've got years of experience. I'm, you know, I'm a three-time national champion. Like, I should really be negotiating harder, but I've just been, it's, it's an area that I'm not confident in at the moment. Mm. But I've got good people um, giving me advice in the background. That sounds like a really good place to be in. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm confident and I'm also... Um, I've got I've got talent that I need to use, and mm. I'm I'm confident once I'm given the opportunity that I'll succeed. And so I just need to be all I need to do is I need to be patient, which is really difficult for me. It's really hard. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand that feeling as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is that probably it for the show now? Yeah, we'll have to wrap up. Thank you to you both for coming in. It's been really fun to talk to you and interesting to sort of see. I have no sort of sporting ability myself, but um, (laughs) I play music and write as well. And it's really interesting to just sort of see the um, parallels between that kind of like that confidence and believing in yourself and being patient and just putting one foot in front of the other. So, yeah relatable into so many different industries it's basically mm. part of the human condition of what it is yeah. like some hard yeah experience let down but you know continue on with a goal and like to be hopeful because mm. that's all it is being hopeful yeah and to feel like it's part of yourself that you just that you can't just leave inside it needs to needs to be part of who you are Wow, that's a good tagline. That's a good tagline for a documentary, that's what I say. (laughs) Round two. (laughs) On that note, we better wind it up. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks, you, Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Dialogues on 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. You can download the podcast by searching for Dialogues on your podcast app. And email us on dialogues3cr at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Just search Dialogues 3CR.